Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanne LaFleur, and this is season six, episode 12. This is the last episode of the season. We've done a shorter season for you. Season six has all been about the fruit of the spirit. So if you're just jumping in for this episode with Chris Chase, who we're about to interview, then you have missed 11 really uh, really great conversations. I hope you go back and hey, to appease you, uh, to comfort you in your time of loss, uh, while you wait for more episodes, wait for season seven to come out. Don't worry, my friends, we've got six seasons of back episodes for you to check out. Brilliant leaders, wise people, fun conversations. I'd love to know out of six full seasons we've done now, who has been one or a few of your favorite guests. It'd be so fun to hear from you about what that is. I've got my own favorites, episodes, not necessarily guests, but just episodes, some conversations that have deeply impacted me personally. Um, and I still think about them all the time. So I don't know about you. I would love, uh, I would love to know about that. Okay. On the podcast today, we have my friend, Chris Chase. Chris is, uh, the lead pastor of the Meeting House Parish in Newmarket, Ontario. Meeting House is a big multi-site church, uh, with multiple parishes at all connected to each other. That is, um, predominantly in Ontario and everywhere else. But uh, they also, Chris and his friends, is the they, they, they have this House of Common podcast. So him and nine of his friends get together and they're talking on this podcast, this YouTube show. They're covering things like pop culture, black and African-American or African-Canadian culture, and just a ton more things. It feels like you're hanging out with your friends, but also listening in on a group of friends who are talking about fun and meaningful things. Uh, it's educational educational, entertaining, all the best things you want in a podcast or YouTube show. So enough of a plug for Chris Chase's podcast, but can't wait for you to hear the conversation. Thanks so much to Compassion Canada and to waybase.com for making this whole season. Here we come to an end with this whole season and they help make it possible. I can't wait to tell you more about them later on into the podcast. But um, for now, we're going to jump right into this conversation with Chris Chase. And we are talking today with Chris about kindness because uh, he has had to grapple, as he would say himself, as a BIPOC person on the internet. How do you be kind when there's so much crazy? We're going to talk about it. Let's go. Welcome to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. You're listening to Season 6. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world. Here we go. Chris... Chase, and may I say Pastor Chris Chase, uh, uh, welcome to Word okay. Made Digital. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's, I, man, I, the, the, the downside of this pandemic life, well, upside is, you know, we get to be creative and do these podcasts and these sort of things. The downside is that we're not sitting beside each other, hanging out at WeWork downtown Toronto, just like, just chilling and and shooting the breeze like the old days like the stuff. old days like the old days like in the old <laughs> days where there were horse and buggies and the ability to go downtown toronto safely well i live there so 
uh, I'll tell you, I hope it's safe to go downtown because that's where I spend. <laughs> I'm not there today, but that's mainly where I live. So <laughs> hopefully it's okay. Hopefully Fair it's enough. okay. But um, yeah, I mean, it's true. I miss, I miss um, being more with people and I look forward to, you know, when that opens up more and more here in Canada, that will be great. Um, you've had like a lot happen to you over right like the last year um you want to tell us just as a means of introduction like uh, what what god has done in your life and what this new job is that you've taken on during this pandemic how is it pastoring in a pandemic <laughs> let's let's oh, start man. let's start with that big one <laughs> <laughs> it's super easy just wh- whatever Every, everyone should everyone should leave their job or have their job leave them and then start pastoring during a pandemic like everyone should do it like everyone <laughs> is doing it like that's what the cool kids are doing no uh, um, a year ago, uh, this time I was without work. I had been working at, at a company, uh, a Christian company for about seven years and COVID hit and, you know, they didn't necessarily need somebody to do communications and traveling for them when nobody was able to travel anywhere. And so I yeah. got the ceremonial thanks and was kind of meandering for about uh, two, three months, kind of figuring out what I was going to do. Um, in the midst of that, probably three weeks after my last day, um, one of the worst things that happened had happened to humanity happened. Uh, we met, we witnessed as a global as a global world the the murder of George Floyd at the hands of Derek Chauvin. And from there, I found mm-hmm. myself along with uh, nine other friends of mine uh, from a podcast show called The House of Common Show, um, doing a lot of of Zoom calls with churches on the area of racial reconciliation, on the area of 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 police brutality and police reform, on race reconciliation within churches, and that covered you know the bulk of my my May and June, and then out of that, um, had an opportunity. You know, sometimes sometimes DMs through Instagram aren't that bad, and I got a I got a direct message from a from an old friend of mine about an opportunity uh, to sit down with somebody at um, organization called the Meeting House, and that conversation that I that that DM led to a conversation that led to a number of conversations that has led me to um, being the lead pastor of our New Market Parish at the Meeting House, where I've been for. Uh, it'll be a year in August and started that job in the middle of a pandemic. And we're right. currently still at a time of recording this uh, May 17th, 2021 in the middle of a pandemic. I've yet to meet two thirds of my church yet. Wow. In person. <laughs> yeah. Like, think about that. Like I've yet, cause we don't have, we rent buildings. We don't have our own space. So when people were able to kind of meet here and there, um, for a couple of weeks and have to stop and go, we never had that. We, when, when last March happened and everyone stopped meeting together, we have not met together in a worship gathering since then. And so I'm pastoring a church that doesn't really know me yet. And it's, it's really, really, really interesting to be in that. And yet, and yet they seemingly like me, at least the one third that I've met. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't really know because uh, you they haven't and, and actually then, yeah. met you. <laughs> it can all be a lie. It can all be Let's, the biggest prank known to man. Like I'm being punked immediately, but I'm getting paid for being punked. So I'll take it. Yeah. Now, um, you know, in this, what's something that uh, has worked? I mean, worked is maybe in quotations, but what's something that you found that is like helping to connect with people when you aren't able to meet in person? What are you trying to do to, 
to meet people, to pastor, to, you know, there's probably some difficult conversations that happen for you as a pastor trying to help people in their crises mm-hmm. of their own. Um, what's any, anything for those who are listening, um, what's something that's worked for you or for maybe your whole, you know, the larger community you're part of? Making myself available however I can be. Now, my personality, we, we've gotten to get to know each other a bit over the last the last year and a half, two years or so. We've always known of each other yeah. in different different ways, shapes, or forms. But in the last two years or so, we've been able to finally be like, oh, my goodness, we're in the same space together. Oh, my goodness, we like the same stuff, that sort of thing. And my personality is naturally, yeah. whether introvert or extrovert, gregarious and very welcoming and very gathering, uh, gathering in a way. And so whether that's via, via writing – uh, via video, via social media, uh, via invitation. Hey, let's get together on Zoom. Let's get together here. Let's get together there. Um, before the um, winter lockdown, when we were able to to meet up, I was able to do a couple of smaller driveway meetups. Like it felt like old school church. Like, I mean, like old school before we were born church where like you're knocking on doors and you're sitting down, you're having tea with somebody or coffee with somebody at their home or in the vicinity of their home because we shouldn't have been going indoors, that sort of thing. But really making myself available and then allowing the people who you connect with to help tell that story. Oh, you haven't met him, but I've met him. And here's what I know of him. He's a really nice guy, blah, 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 this, that, the other thing. He was really kind. You know, you should actually email him. He would actually be a good person to talk to about this. And so um, starting small and then letting those people help tell that story. Um, Right. Like trust, earning trust with one person leads to them like sort of offering that, bridging that trust for others you haven't met yet. Yeah, that's yeah. been the that's been the the really the because outside of that, it's not like you can't be you can't build bridges over a sermon. I've learned that like over the last mm. few years of ministry, like that's not what trust is built on. Uh, it's not built on leading worship. It's not built on a platform presence because you and I we both know we've been in this in the in the game as I call it for a long time. We know that sometimes a person on the platform is not the same person in the line when they're waiting for the potluck, they're not the same person. What really, what's, what's real is when you're sitting face to face to somebody and you're doing the eye contact thing, or you're sitting like we are on camera and you're, you know, that sort of thing. And, and that, that balance between comfortability and vulnerability and confidence and humility and all of those sort of things. And finding that proper blend with each, with each person that you can sit with Admitting when you're wrong, admitting when you forgot to send an email, um, not tuning your own horn when something went really well, but not beating yourself up when something didn't go as well as you hoped and kind of building on wins and allowing people to kind of see you as much as they can in the midst of all of this sort of stuff. But it's not going to be me getting up and opening the scriptures and going like, and the word of God said, like, that's not, that's not going to do it. Yeah, well, the um, the focus of this episode of We're Made Digital, you know, we're in a whole season talking about the fruit of the spirit because our team over at We're Made Digital, we're just like, man, what do people need right now? If we're going to have another season of the podcast, what is it that people actually need to hear, uh, to be encouraged by, or what would be useful, a useful use of their time and our time uh, if we have some time together? We landed on this fruit of the spirit thing because... 
Um, it's just like feels like the world's been a hot mess lately of so much crazy on the internet and a pandemic that's been devastating economically, but especially, of course, physically to a lot of people around the world. Um, we have, um, you know, huge um, upsurge in conversation that the issue's never gone away, but more and more people talking about racial reconciliation issues or lack thereof. Uh, we're talking about. I mean, it just goes on. There's so much going on. <laughs> As we record, there's this Israel-Palestine thing that has come up again. There's just lots going on and significant polarization. So the fruit we're talking about today is kindness. Um, being kind in this kind of environment, I think, is is harder than ever. And therefore, I think we need Jesus, like the power of God mm. in more than ever. So I guess... There's so many places we could we could go with this, but why don't we start with when I'm thinking about kindness on the internet? Um, talk to me about your the podcast you do with your friends, and when you think of the word kind, maybe it's not a word you would associate with it directly, but I, as a viewer, as a listener, see that part as part of the fruit of what you're doing. So, um, talk to us about your podcast and how you're trying to bring more kindness into the conversation, um, through what you're modeling there as a group. So it was around March or April of last year. We had uh, nine friends of mine and I, well, 10 friends. One of them is on the group chat, but he's not part of the podcast. Uh, we, we had this group chat uh, going on and, the, the pandemic had just started. The, the the group chat had been dormant, and suddenly, like we're talking all the time about a whole bunch of different things. And then one of our buddies was like, "We could, we should, we could do a show with this sort of stuff, like this barbershop sort of mm-hmm. anything goes, natural cross blend between we agree, we don't agree, and any sort of any sort of West Indian, Afro Canadian." barbershop that you go into there's conversations happening all the time well not now because you can't go to them but at, in in the olden days there were conversations about yeah. sports <laughs> politics um child rearing ha- house stuff anything you can imagine like the barbershop would be that com- this place to talk about it and we're like what would we look like if us as a grouping of men had this conversation about this inside baseball stuff of ministry or this inside baseball stuff of being being black men in canada and that kind of spun into this podcast, the House of Common show that we've been doing for a year, uh, two seasons now. And out of that, you know, this we it was this weird sort of thing, uh, Joe, where we have this podcast, and then um, maybe a month later, the world goes to crap, literally. Right. Like it's already people are already stressed out because. We don't know whether we're wearing masks or not. We don't know what this pandemic is. COVID-19 is not that big of a deal, quote unquote. That's what we're thinking of like in April. And then uh, Christian Cooper, um, George Floyd, we're re-reminded of what happened to Breonna Taylor in in March. We are re-reminded of what happened to Ahmaud Arbery in February. And then the protests that take place all throughout the summer and people are asking us questions. Like around the world protests. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like Coburg, Ontario had a black lives matter rally. Coburg, Ontario. Have you been to Coburg, Ontario? It's not necessarily a space where you would imagine that there would be a black lives matter rally, but it's happening there. Like all over, like you didn't say all over the world. I think Coburg, Ontario, like that's how big it is. And, and we, try to create a space where we can have honest dialogue because not every black person agrees on everything. 
And while right. we all might see this is the solution, we might see different roads to get there. But how we mm. disagree is kindness. How we agree is kindness. And then how we invite other people into the conversation to both listen and to add into it, regardless of color or gender or religious affiliation, that's kindness too. It doesn't mean that we always agree. It doesn't mean that um, I might not get my back up and say something with my chest to Andrew Jones, who's on the show, or to Calvin Forbes, who's on the show, or to Stephon Watson. But we know where we're coming from. It's all love at the end of the day. And we know that my opinion on this matter doesn't change my opinion of you, a person. Your opinion on something doesn't change my opinion of you, the person. So we're trying to, whether the conversation's about power dynamics and the imbalance of that when it comes to um, issues of men lording over their power over over women to control positions or whether it's the NBA season or whether it's race reconciliation or whether it's you know Mother's Day all these sort of things are all conversations that we we want to have they're all conversations that we have in private and then from there it's so how do we have this in a way that allows us to disagree that allows us to get at each other but at the end of the day still treat one another with respect Right. Well, and that's it, that you're modeling as a whole group of men uh, how to disagree, (laughs) Um, that at the end of the day, you can not all think the same thing, because, of course, you put more than one person in a room, you put two or more people in a room or two or more people are gathered. God is there, but also disagreement. (laughs) Yes. And so... You're showing, um, I think, in just how you treat each other, this level of kindness that is missing. And I think in in the the it's so easy, right, to post on social or to throw up a video or to post a comment and say something and not listen to each other. But but you're actually like exercising that. Yeah, and and not not to belabor the point, but you just mentioned post something on social media and then so this is my video and this is what I think. Dialogue requires the ability to hear someone's point and to go, hmm. Literally, just just to pause for a couple seconds. That's actual dialogue. Huh. You know, I used to I used to do this thing like because we all did it. This is what I think about and press send and then that was it. An email to a family member, a, a video or a blog post on your Facebook wall and you know, and then just cut somebody off if they disagree with you and you realize like I'm not learning anything if I do that. So especially in this day and age where we're using social media more than we are actually using our words with one another, it's so valuable to incorporate all of those lessons that I'm learning in this show into every facet of how I use all sorts of mediums of communication even if i disagree with somebody there's pro i have to go am i disagreeing with it because they're right or am i disagreeing with it because i think they're wrong which is almost the same thing pausing the conversation with chris to jump in and tell you about compassion because i love them so much i think this team is so exemplar exemplary in the fruit of the spirit it's one of the reasons why i continue to want to work and partner with compassion if you haven't had an opportunity to really hear from the impact of compassion firsthand like hear from a child who's graduated as an alumni out of their sponsor program 
It's an amazing thing that they're doing in the life of through the local church. They don't have a compassion sign up on the door. It's not some big advertisement for compassion if you went to a local village where they're working. It's the local church serving, and they're serving their own community. So you impact a child, that impacts a family, that impacts a whole village that ultimately, in many cases, is beginning to impact their whole nation as these uh, children then rise up, graduate out of these programs, and become just amazing leaders in their own nation. So that's what compassion is a part of, and that's what it means when you consider child sponsorship. It's holistic, body, mind, spirit. It's it's feeding their soul. It's it's healing hearts and emotions. It's it's meeting physical needs. It's 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 amazing. So it's not just for grandmas. It's not this outdated thing. If that's what you're thinking, or you're like, I've heard of, I've heard of sponsorships so many times. I want you to go to compassion.ca/good. I want you to check it out. If you haven't, and you've been hearing me say this for the season, I want you to go and actually do it today, because there's probably some things there that you didn't expect. I think you're gonna really enjoy this interactive website, and I think you're gonna see some ways that you can get involved with your passion, with your unique skills, and how you want to do, and how you can do good to make a difference. So go to compassion.ca slash good to make some practical life giving work happen in your own life and in the lives of children around the world. Compassion.ca slash good. So the word kind or kindness in Galatians 5 here, where we talk about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And the reason well I done. can remember them in that order is because of a song from my youth. <laughs> um, but, okay, so we, we got this word kind, but another way or even sometimes... You know, smart people who can translate scripture um, say often a more accurate translation of the word kindness can be the word useful, that actually mm. we need to be useful. The Holy Spirit's, ev- the evidence of God in our life is that we are useful. Like we have, have you heard that, you know, so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not very useful. <laughs> you're just so, so focused on something that's not here now that uh, you can't do much for the people here now. So what do you think the usefulness is of your podcast? Maybe that's a funny way of asking it, but, but what use is this podcast? There's so many podcasts out there. Maybe in some ways it feels like this is becoming an infomercial for your podcast, which is not what it's trying to be, but I just think what you're doing is really unique. And, uh, I want people to, to kind of get a glimpse of what's happening because I think it could be modeled across so many other conversations. Mm-hmm. I, what's the, useful um, about gotta, yeah? What's the usefulness of this kind of um, content? I got um, one of those notifications from Spotify on my phone the other day, and there was like there are over three million eight hundred blah, blah 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 podcasts, and I'm like, and I am one of them. Thank God that I am one of three million eight hundred <laughs> yeah. plus podcasts. Right? I think the I think the usefulness of it is allowing we, we're 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 ministry people we've been you know i'm saying you and i uh, joanna we, we're ministry people and we know the conversations that we have at conference table at, at conferences around lunch tables that are different than the conversations we'd have with other people because you're in this room mm-hmm. with with leaders i'm not going to put levels in terms of what kind of leader but we're and so we're, there's conversations about things like salaries that you wouldn't necessarily have with other people there's conversations you'd have about 
leadership structures that you would that you'd have at that conference lunch table that you wouldn't have with other people? And what would it look like to actually have that conversation out loud, which is a scary thing. But if you're willing yeah. to kind of, you know, risk that and to say like, hey, listen, it's OK to have a conversation about X, Y and Z. And here's how you have it in a way that is helpful. Um, because there's so much stuff about what we do that has been shrouded in mystery and shrouded in we don't talk about that. The problem with that is that because you don't talk about it, it then blows up in front of our faces over and over mm. and over and over and over again. So what would happen if we demystify this idea of ministry, the, the corporate part, so that we can actually get back to the ministry part of just loving people and serving people? So I think the usefulness is – listening to a group of people actually have conversations that you have with your ministry friends and you think, well, we're probably, we might be the only people who are actually thinking about this. Like, no, you're not. And we're actually giving you a tool to actually then spread that around with other people. We might not be having the perfect conversation, but we're having a conversation about that topic to allow you to have a springboard about conversation with somebody else. I think the usefulness is, is there. And also, I think for men of our of our caliber, there's there's a a weird, uh, unfair thought that black men aren't this. So, hmm. um, in in sports, in football especially, not to be a sports guy, but if you describe a black quarterback, they're very athletic, they're strong, they're beasts. A white quarterback is very cerebral, very smart, can read the field. And the description there is that this white quarterback is very just in his head and just thought things through and is and is malleable to a coach. This black black quarterback is so fast, so strong, he can't be like and it's all about this this physical part. Huh. And there's this there's this unintentional I'll use that in quotations, thought that black men are soulful. But they're not really smart. They are not capable that way. We, we're going to leave the leadership stuff to the theologians who are norm, namely white males. And to destroy that stereotype to kind of say like, actually, no, I've sat down with – I haven't met them, but I've sat down with 10 black guys and they are as smart as X, Y, and Z. So it's useful for people right. like us who have often felt, oh, we don't get invited to those tables because we don't seem like we're smart. We don't seem like we're intelligent. We don't seem like we're intellectual. We don't seem like this. And we're like, screw that. Let's make our own table and show that we are all those things. And we don't need your table to begin with. So it's usefulness that way too. Oh, okay. We got to talk, we got to talk about that for a second. This idea of if you're not, okay, you're not being invited to the table, you went and made your own table. Why don't you t- talk to us about that idea? What does that feel like and what what's possible? Because, of course, we're made digital. We talk a lot about digital spaces and what's coming in, you know, Christian context. Uh, so, like, talk about, like, the table that some people sure. aren't invited to and, like, what's opening up in digital spaces. What are you seeing there? So I think that there for a long time. Think of it this way, Joanna, like how many posters have you and I seen of leadership conferences where people like us weren't on the cover? 
for people like us who you are mean, main like the stage. Spe- like the speaker, like the list of speakers? Like speakers or yeah, we're not invited. Yeah, hosts. you and I are not invited. We're, we're not on those. We're not on those things. <laughs> not very often. <laughs> right. No, just, you know. Yeah, yeah I know or, what you're like, saying. Or like, you know, like, because there's a, there seems to be like quotas, right? Like, oh, we can get one woman there. Uh, let's, right. And we can get one person of color and there and then. And yeah. then so that you don't kind of fit there. Or there's conversations like I remember seeing this this um, this promotion for a women in ministry conference, and it was all white men as the main speakers. And you're like, how does that even happen? And so the idea of of the table is, you know, it's it's it, there's two places where where things are changed. It's one, it's it's at the boardroom table, and it's at the worker worker level. And to kind of create our own table, it, it was it was, meant that we were able to to create something where we were able to say we're going to do something for ourselves. For a long time, what was happening before was we were saying we were waiting to be invited to the party. We were waiting to be invited mm-hmm. to the party. Maybe they'll they'll invite us there. And then finally, we were like, you know what? Let's just do it ourselves. So the table was like, let's create something where we are voicing voicing our concerns um, in this digital space, in this digital way, and then kind of push that out there so people are realizing, oh, no, there's actual conversations happening beyond the things that we think are actually really important. Right. So that, that table think, represents the – Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say just like when I think of like we just talked about all the – like the global response, George Floyd protests – around the world, do you think that that's part of this story that like, you don't need to wait? Like, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm curious about your perspective. There's probably five different things that made that go global, but is one of them just simply that like, you don't need to wait for the conversation at that table. You can go build your own table and we're going to like build a movement here. Yeah. Like it's, I've never, I've, I've, you know, I've been black my entire life. It's shocker. And <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never seen what I saw this past summer. And hmm. it was a group of young people, right? It wasn't, it wasn't really even our age group, Joanna. It was yeah. people younger, younger yeah. than us. Um, it was, it was people using uh, TikTok. It was people uh, using Instagram, um, um, having these conversations, forcing adults to kind of say, how do I feel about that? I don't feel comfortable with, at least if you're going to go downtown, wear your mask, like these sort of things. Right. And it was, um, you know, it, the, the movement was led digitally. It wasn't, it, it was led digitally. And then it was on the feet and nobody was waiting for somebody to give permission. And I think that's the cool right. part about about the conversation that we have on the House of Commons shows, we're not waiting for someone to give us permission to talk about something. Because like I said, when we were sitting around, when, we're, when we're, you and I were sitting down at WeWork and we're hanging out, we're not waiting for someone to say, can we talk about this? No, we're talking about it because it's coming up organically. We're not waiting for someone to say, okay, you know what, Joanna, we now dub the, the ability to talk about blah. We're, we're having that conversation. And we're, the idea of waiting for someone to kind of be ready we were long past that we're right. almost kind of we're, we're all kind of we're building we're almost like we're building the boat while we're on the water all of us are yeah and i guess part of that i'm curious now fast forward it's essentially a year later um 
what do you think that it was so it was so quick and easy to build the table or to like get stuff out on digital platforms? It's accessible to everybody, so it was like quick to start, but also just as easy to die off. Or would you say, from your perspective, you're still seeing momentum? You're still seeing like what? Are you feeling encouraged or discouraged compared to like the momentum you saw a year ago, or maybe both? Maybe both. Um, oof, that's a, oh, I don't, I'm a pessimist. Do you have like, you got a metaphor? Like, is it the, is it the microwave? Is it the crock pot? Is it Uh, the frying pan? Like hot in, hot out? What is it? (laughs) Oh, you're, you've, you've, I'll tell you what I saw. Yeah. I, I, I saw, um, you know, I've never seen a summer like I did last, last year. And what I saw afterwards was there was a fatigue. There's a natural mm-hmm. fatigue. You know, it's the idea of like, I still, I don't want to watch the news and see this anymore. I don't want to look outside and see this anymore. I don't want to open up my Facebook wall and see another. What about the other side? What about this? What about that? Oh, we can, mm-hmm. oh, we can get out and meet again. And even even I don't want I don't like using the word woke because it's kind of lost all meaning over the last you know year and change, but even the most like woke of everyone kind of found them found themselves back into a sense of regular routine. There was never yeah. there was never sort of a raptured moment like there was May of last year where we were like remember we were all home then. And we were all right. sort of like in this 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 scared space of like we don't know what's coming next. That hasn't happened now. There's a lot more rebellion as we've seen in terms of being home and that sort of stuff. And so, well, I think in other parts of the world, I mean, are opened up a lot more than than right, in Toronto we are area. Now. Yeah, right. And so there's there's just there's um our 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 anger has been focused on other things. Our anger has been focused back to ourselves and our mm-hmm. freedoms and what we want. And so the the the, the I, I want to say the movement's at a standstill because as long as there are people alive and people who are posting things and people who are remain angry, um, it will continue to kind of move move ahead. It doesn't have the momentum like it did. Yeah. Simply because I think for I think for a number of people, and I think for a number of people, this was the first time they realized this was happening and they didn't realize when they first went out on their first protest, that this is not going to be fixed tomorrow. But like, okay, you know, yeah. many people, they, many people, they died before seeing, it's like in scripture, they died before, Moses dies before, he sees a promised land from afar. He didn't get that. <laughs> 40 years of desert. Yeah. Right. And, and rather than what, how long, how long, how long do we have to protest? Oh, forever. Uh, you know what? I'm going to hmm. be more angry about, maybe angry about masks. Cause that'll probably be over the next two years. That's unstoppable, that sort of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, in all of this, um, the kind of year we've had, what are some ways when we think about kind when we think about kindness, I think about our kindness towards other people. I think of God's kindness towards us. But then there's this also this piece about our kindness for ourselves, our kindness towards mm-hmm. ourselves. Um, I think some of that can be painted under like 
the tr- I think of like Parks and Rec with the treat yourself day. I don't know if you know that show or like, I do. you know, this mentality of, you know, go yeah, treat yourself. Like, you know, you want that handbag, treat yourself. You want to, you want a pedicure, you want a massage, you want that, whatever, treat yourself. Um, but I think that's like, obviously like, um, probably not a biblical, a holistic view of what it means to be kind. <laughs> uh, maybe there's some piece of it that's fine, but but how do you do that? Like this year has been really rough. So not that we're all succeeding at this, but what are some ways you're trying to be kind to yourself um, in this long, as you've said, this is a long lifelong struggle that you're in the midst of that, you know, that we are a community, a culture, a church trying to reckon, reckon with. Um, how do you be kind to yourself in all that? It's exhausting out there. There's some people who are going to say crazy stuff all the time. <laughs> um, I, I think I think that for, for me, being kind means not taking myself too seriously. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's a weird thing, but like when you take yourself too seriously, then you, you're, you're not willing to take a break. You're not willing to pause. You're not willing to... Um, see sometimes someone's comment is less about you and more about them working out what they're going through and what they're thinking about. Hmm. So kindness has just been, yeah, don't take, take what you do seriously, take what you do with seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. Kindness is, you know, you go back to the definition of being useful. My, my old senior pastor would say, if you give yourself, make yourself available to everyone, then you really aren't giving yourself over to anyone because you don't have enough to actually give. So taking breaks in order to actually be useful and also sticking sticking my nose in places where it actually belongs, right? We live in a day and age now where you can post on anything on your Facebook wall and eat. And like, I can just, like, I disagree because it has nothing to do with anything. And I really don't know what I'm arguing about. I just, I'm in an argumentative mood. And that's not useful. But some people, they feel like everything like, oh, my goodness, Joanna's wearing Joanna's wearing blue. I'm going to tell her how I feel about blue. Like, how is that helpful to anything? So actually really. <laughs> or like you're wearing blue. Things, you must. That must mean you hate green. <laughs> right. You like. Right. And you're like, yeah. and you're like, I actually like green. I just chose to not wear it today. Well, <laughs> according to your social media, I never seen green. And so yeah. to, to find myself. Placing myself in positions that are actually that are actually useful, and using my voice as as minuscule as I as I think it is for things that are helpful to build up and not tear down, to strengthen and not weaken, to encourage and not mm. discourage, to correct in order to see somebody go better or go further, as opposed to correct because I'm jealous that they're going they're doing better and going further. Hmm. So that's I choose, and then and, and then on top of that, the the natural if I can treat myself. Treat yourself to thousand live, and if I can actually like do something where I can actually like gift myself something where where financially it makes sense, it's not going to put my family in debt. Then I'll do that as well too. Okay, so like, what might something like that, like something you haven't bought? This is just a fun question. Like, if you were going to be kind to yourself, and there was something in twenty twenty one that you were going to get, 
Um, how would you treat yourself? <laughs> Ooh, I, well, it, the, the easiest, the easiest thing would be a pair, a pair of Jordan ones or a pair of Jordan 11s. And okay. that'd be the easiest bet. I knew um, it. I knew he was going to say shoes. I just didn't yeah, know which shoes. It would be, yeah. If I was going to treat myself, like if I was like, uh, yeah, like it'd be either that or, or something practical, like, like a finished basement with a surround sound system, like that sort of thing. Like those would be the two things, oh, like yeah. shoes treat yourself. or like. Yeah, but that, those would be, yeah, like if, yeah, like it's going to be shoes. Ultimately, it's going to be shoes. Shoe related. <laughs> you know what? For, for me, I'm, I'm, uh, I just can't wait to get on a plane again. That's probably mm. the biggest treat myself that I want in 2021 is just to get on a plane and go somewhere. Um, I look forward to that. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm, I, I'm so, taking it. I'm taking it back. I'm going to go travel. I'm going to travel myself too. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I'm taking it. All back. right, all right. With, you can treat with, yourself in it. many ways. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> agreed. 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 <laughs> um, okay. Now we've got like kindness to yourself checked off. I mean, I, we've talked about this on the podcast over you know various different guests. Just the the soundtrack in your head. Um, the the way we can just like destroy ourselves before we've even gotten out the gate that we have to be so conscious of how we're being kind to ourselves because I think so often we're, we're the worst to ourselves like we say stuff yeah. to ourselves we would never allow ourselves to say to like to say to another person or we wouldn't think if someone else said they were going to try some new adventure some new activity or business thing or whatever we probably wouldn't be like yeah good luck you're going to be terrible at that you know but we do that to ourselves all the time we're so unkind to ourselves and you know ultimately it's of course it as if the word kindness could also mean useful it's just not useful it doesn't yeah. pr- it doesn't produce anything it doesn't it doesn't create good fruit for us it doesn't go anywhere um what is um what when you think of of the kindness of God in your life as represented by people, you know, people you've known in your life, um, what's what what strikes you as something? Maybe it's just something in like the last year, um, but just in your life, do you have anything that comes to mind as like the kindness of God towards you? When you think of God being kind, what does that look like for you? Or who who do you think of? first and foremost, in fact, this, I feel like I'm, I'm accepting an award. I accept this kindness award on behalf of, but you know, <laughs> I've caught a number of, of families who this has been really hard for them. You know, this COVID lockdown stuff has been really hard for them. And I've been fortunate. We haven't had a, we haven't had all amazing days, but the kindness of, of my wife and my kids and my, uh, towards me and me towards them has been super helpful because it's already stressful enough being in the same space, especially six months of winter where like going for a walk is painful in January. Yeah. And yet we've been able to survive and thrive in some on some days, which has been really great. And then the next thing I'd think of is you know, when I lost my job in in May of last year, I I, I was I was hesitant to to post anything about it. You know, we do that. You know, I um you know I stub my toe. Honest post, guys. Yesterday I stubbed my toe. Just pray for me, like that sort of thing. And we kind of like everything gets shared. And I was really <laughs> hesitant to really to really say anything. And if I look back on it, I really don't think I did. 
um, I have to kind of go through. But the amount of people who not right after, but as the summer months went along, who just checked in, hey, how are you doing? Have you found anything? Praying for you, that sort of stuff. Some people giving unsolicited advice, but they're 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 trying to be useful. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you know what you should do yeah. with your life. Blah, 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 the, blah, right? They're That's trying they're, they're, at least. Yeah. They're trying, right? The, the guys, the guys on the House of Commons show. You know, we've we've gone through wars together, not in terms of fighting, but like we've we've walked each other through different things over the course of this year. Loss of jobs, loss of family. Uh, loss of opportunities, those sort of things. And we've kind of, we've kept each other afloat with our, with our words and with our actions because getting together has been, has been difficult for us. And, and lastly, this, this, this new church that I've been able to be a part of, it's really hard to get mm-hmm. to know people that, you know, in this moment in time, and there's already inside jokes that I'm not a part of, you know, to quote Michael Scott, I love inside jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday, but this, the kindness that they've, they, they've shown to me, um, in trying to get to know me and trying to learn me as I learn them has been, has, has been endearing, has been really, really, mm-hmm. really endearing to kind of watch them try and watch them learn alongside. You're learning somebody who's in 2d, you know, on a screen. And yeah. yet there's a, there's a willingness to kind of, to kind of stand up for the little guy, stand up for the new guy, which has been really cool. Pausing the conversation with my friend Chris Chase, we're having a good time, and I got to tell you about Waybase.com. Waybase is bringing the church together for good. If you are just beginning to hear about them, and you've maybe heard me talk about them a few times, basically they're helping people in your ministry connect together and make a greater difference through through Waybase. They're basically helping you find new opportunities for impact, seeing what other ministries in your area are already doing, where are the new partners you could connect with, how to discover local and global causes, What's what are the needs of your community. Imagine if you could, if you could actually see on a map, for example, where the Spanish-speaking people were living in your community. Then you know that you've got Spanish-speaking people in your church, and there's a few Spanish-speaking people at a church down the road, and you together could partner with these Spanish-speaking people to go into that neighborhood of Spanish speakers and do good. You could uh, run a kids program after school. You could welcome new Canadians who are coming to the neighborhood. Uh, You can have a barbecue. You can invite them to church, whatever it is you want to do. The point is when you know more information about what's going on in the community and what's going on with other churches serving in the very same community, suddenly you're getting like huge leverage for making real impact in your community. We need more collaboration. We need less silos. You know that. I know that. That's why I want you to go to waybase.com. I want you to, if you haven't already, I want you to claim your listing. If you're a ministry or church in Canada, 99% sure it already exists. You just need to claim it. And when you claim it, you can be connected to the work of Christians across the country. You can research your community and you can start collaborating. So go to waybase.com. The scripture, um, I think, again, in in the context of the... so Rich Villadas, he's been on the podcast and he posted recently on Instagram, but it's it's not a unique concept to him. But this I, he posted something like it's a curious evangelism strategy where you want to judge post hateful things or critique the very people that you are trying to, you know, 
invite into a relationship with Jesus. Like you're being horrible to these people who you're Mm -hmm. trying to invite to know God. And so there's that scripture that says it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Um, have you seen that play out in your life? You know, have you seen that or do you, or have you seen that play out maybe as a pastor, um, um, in the, in the life of your community, how, how has the kindness of God led you to change or led you to want to change at the very least? (laughs) Well, like, you know, uh, an easy illustration of that verse is, you know, you get more flies with honey. Mm. Right. Like you, 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 you attract more, but kindness is attractive. Kindness can be annoying if it's used the wrong way, but used the right way. It's, it's attractive because it's different in the sense that we are so built on doing things for ourselves. We're so built on just walking by somebody headphones in looking at our phones, listening to music and going in. So to actually look at somebody and to smile at them, especially nowadays, because we're covered up. It's so much, it, it means so much more. And what I've found is let's tell a quick story. I was at Walmart because that's what we do now. When you go in the parking lot and you wait for your bags to get brought out, and because why would you go in the stores? You're scary. And I'm sitting in the parking <laughs> lot, and this lady's um, in her car beside me, and she has her granddaughter in the back of her car. And it was one of those days where, like, like I didn't want to talk to anybody. I know, Chris, mm. you're a pastor, you're a leader. There's some days where I'm introverted, and I was like, I just want to sit here and listen to Floor 93.5 and hear five Drake songs in a row because that's all they ever play. But <laughs> you know, she asks me a question, and. I respond back and we get into this conversation and then suddenly we're standing six feet apart. We're in front of our cars and we're just kind of just kibitzing and just talking about what we both do and her granddaughter's in the back of the car. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I haven't seen a, a three year old in like a year and a half. Oh, my goodness. Child. Hello. I, I <laughs> yeah, If you don't, I don't have, have one, you haven't interacted. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what how, how to be right now. And just this ability to actually just do life with somebody. And originally I was like, I don't want to talk to nobody. I just want to go bet, get my groceries, go home, Netflix on my couch. That's it. Bet. We're good. But the idea of this kindness that was shown to me I could not help but have this conversation with this with this person and and their family as we were both waiting for groceries and just how much better it was leaving and then texting back and going, hey, I'm going to be late. Why? I'm talking to somebody. You're talking to somebody. That's amazing. Like, we're, huzzah, we're having conversation. <laughs> and, you know, from a church perspective, it's the same thing. If, you know, as I'm if as I make myself available and say, hey, listen, I have this link on the bottom of my email. If ever you want to talk about anything, click the link, book a mm-hmm. time. Let's do it. And meeting these strangers who then you find something in common with, who then you find more things to come with, who then become allies alongside you as you're trying to build mm. this church. And now essentially a church plant from the ground up waiting for their launch date. This, this as, as I'm inviting people towards kindness and being kind towards them, they're then being kind towards each other. And it's not just some talking head saying, you need to go into your community. No, it's like... I can do this because I've actually seen him do the same thing, same thing for me. Yeah. Um, I love that. 
you can get what is it? You can catch more fly. You can catch flies more with flies honey. with honey. That there's a yep. yeah. There's um, an attractiveness to the, those of us who are kind. It stands out, and I I see that in what you're doing. It's why I leaned in, <laughs> you know, in the first half of the conversation just on your podcast because I see it's what you guys are doing. Um, people. Um, um, hopefully, hopefully, uh, I don't know, have experienced kindness from their pastor, from their leader. There's a lot of, um, also Christian leaders out there who aren't kind, who are trying to just like guilt you, yell at you into the kingdom of God. But, um, you know, it's, it's an encouraging reminder that, um, that kindness wins actually. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a stronger, it's stronger than we would think it is. It sounds like a wimpy or a weak thing, but it's actually like a real powerful tool, uh, to it's be kind. It's a yeah. choice. Like it doesn't mean that, you know, kindness doesn't mean that you are a doormat. Kindness doesn't mean that you are a, a wimp. Kindness doesn't mean that you're a pushover. Kindness means that you are choosing. I'm choosing to use my strength to hold this door open for you. I am choosing to Mm. use my strength to smile as opposed to frown. I am choosing and not smile like I'm faking being happy, but I'm I'm choosing to be welcoming as opposed to being um, insulated in, in myself. I am choosing kindness is I'm choosing you over me in this moment. It's choice. It's not weakness. It's actual. It's actual. It's a mixture of involuntary, but also calculated. Like you're choosing this moment to, to, to be nice to somebody. So if I see you, and I'm having, a, I'm ha- I've had a long day, and I just happen to get off the subway, and I'm like, I see Joanna Lafleur walking across from me. Like I, that's a that's a buddy of mine. I could be like, man, I'm tired, so I want to get home. And I know if I chat with her, because we get we're gonna commits, it's gonna be a while. <laughs> no, you know what? Because that's right. But the cho- the choice of kindness is. You know what? Let me say hi to my homie. Let me say hi to my girl. Let me just check yeah. and see, check and see how she's yeah, doing. Sure. And if it and if it's and if it's an hour conversation, bet it's all good because who knows? She might have needed that more. And who knows? On the other side, you're like, oh, it's Chase. Oh, he talks a lot. Okay, I <laughs> do. I have do I have an hour? Do I have two hours? Do I have two hours? Do I have an afternoon to give up because I got to have a whole bunch of things? You know what? I might have an hour, but I have half an hour. Let, let, let's do this sort of thing. And that kindness is something yeah. that like you leave just feeling a lot better about yourself and about the world. Yeah. I think uh, kindness, when I think of all the fruit of the spirit that we're talking about in this whole series, I feel like the more we talk about it and kind of break it down, it feels like kindness is one of the ones that's easier. If it's like easier as a piece, if it's a fruit, like to pass to somebody else where some of these are, are sort of internal or they're evidence in our life and between us and Mm -hmm. God. But this feels like one that's so clearly like fruit of our life that we get to share with somebody else. Hey, Chris, if people want to find you, they want to find your podcast. um, Where, where do you want to send people? On the internet. Um, I, I was going to say, if I want to send them to heaven, hallelujah. Um, <laughs> so you're, if you want to find me, uh, all my social media is under the same uh, same slogan, that Chris Chase. Um, with regards to, to the show, you can find us on Instagram, easier. Type in the words, the House of Common Show, and you can follow us there. You can interact with us. Because all ten of us, we have control over the the account, so you can DM DMing one of us, DM, DMing all of us. So follow either or follow the show, and then through, through there follow me. But that Chris Chase and the House of Common show; those would be the two main ones. 
Chris Chase, thanks so much. No, I, I, Joanna, I, I can't wait to, to see, I'm so happy that I've seen you, but I can't wait to see you, my friend. Thank you, Chris. Thank you to everyone who's been a guest on this podcast this season. Wow. We're just wrapping up now. Season six. I am just really grateful you've been along for the ride, whether for one episode or, you know, for multiple episodes. Thanks for leaning in, listening in, watching if you're, you know, on YouTube, wherever that may be. It's a wrap. Season six. I hope you enjoyed this conversation on kindness, but also love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the whole list. I hope you have been inspired, but also that the Holy Spirit is doing a work in you. After all, the whole point of We're Made Digital is that we always say we don't just um, share and carry good news, but it's the best news in the world. And we hope that your life would reflect it. And that's sort of the point of this season of the podcast. So, uh, what's coming up next? Well, thank you so much to Compassion and Waybase for making this whole season possible. We wouldn't have been able to do it. Truly, we wouldn't have done it without them. So grateful for that. And I uh, can't wait to bring you a season seven this fall. I'm not going to say too much about it right now, but I, that's why I want you to subscribe. I want you to follow us on Instagram. You know, find Word Made Digital wherever you follow things. I want you to join our Facebook group, the Digital Church Facebook group. There's all these ways that you can connect in with us. We got the tutorials. We got the Facebook group with like 800 people in it who are, you know, leaders, ministry people who are doing digital things. We've got dozens of you know, now we have dozens of these free tutorials for you. We've got dozens of podcasts for you. All this stuff for you is free. We want to connect with you. We want to see you. It doesn't just have to be on the podcast. It can be day to day, week to week, month to month. We are here to support and encourage you in the work that you're doing. Cannot wait to see you back here for season seven. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode.